This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. What's going on, guys? Welcome to the Backpacking Podcast. As always, John Kelly here with the king of Kentucky backpacking himself, the man, the myth, the legend, the redheaded wonder child of the backpacking industry, Mr. Jeremiah Stringer. How are we today? Wow, what an introduction, man. That was crazy. I got to keep it real, man. You're the reason this show's so good. Like, well, man, it's really like interesting. You and I have this really interesting, like, dynamic with the show. Like, it's one of those things like we were, you're the kind of the personality, and I'm kind of the producer. So, like, we're sitting talking to our guests tonight just a few minutes ago, and I look at the countdown. I'm like, oh, guys, it's a minute till it's time to start. We got to, we got to do this. <laughs> yeah. Well, we're yin and yang, man. What can we say? We fit well together. We are, dude. We are. We're like peanut butter and jelly. That's right. Or peanut butter and chocolate. Mm, that'd be good. Yeah. That's a better yeah. man. I'm doing great. Uh, everything's been going great. I actually got out to Big South Fork over the weekend, and uh, it's not nice. what you expect. You know, normally when I go to Big South Fork, I hit the hiking trails, but this time I hit the river. Ooh, yeah, kayaking wasn't a kayak, I was on a tube. Oh, nice, just floating, huh? Floating. There's some class one, just easy rapid, some class two. Everybody's woo, you know, having a lot of fun. Woo, buddy. <laughs> nice. But yeah. Uh, it's been so hot, man, that oh, uh, yeah. it's been tough on the backpacking. But I figure Big South Fork, beautiful. Get out there, get on the water, cool down a little bit. Yeah, yeah great, dude. Uh, Pizza Ninja, we're just going to go ahead and do it so we can say we got it done in the first five minutes of the night poop there it is it uh -oh. said it has made its way in and we can now say we got there so uh i'm sure it will uh rear its ugly head no yeah. pun yeah yeah oh jeremiah look at this trailhead junkie i'm at the gym watching the best backpacking podcast on youtube yeah comment what you're doing at the gym are you on the elliptical right now That's yeah let's know what you're doing so jeremiah um the only reason we are the best backpacking podcast on YouTube is because our guest doesn't have a YouTube podcast. Self-proclaimed best yeah. backpacking podcast, by the way. Yes, that's true. Like, but I would say, <laughs> I'm not sure about the votes. We'll see. I, I, I don't know about that, but uh, let's just say, let's just say this man that's about to come on. Oh my gosh, Jeremiah, we have to put this out here. Look who is on tonight. Oh, Mr. Backpacking with Jason, sir. He better stay on because he's about to be seen soon because it is time for, ladies and gentlemen, the fake news, as always. Uh, <laughs> good to have everybody on here. This is going to be a good night. This is going to be a really good night. Um, but our guest tonight, he's an OG of backpacking YouTube channels. He's a guy who's who made the wag bag chic. He's he's a man who uh, his gear videos make you feel like you know nothing about gear because he knows so much. Am I correct, Jeremiah? He's got a lot of gear, man. I watched a video about stoves and I was like, there's about 40 stoves that he just went through and explained all the pros and cons. 
Yeah, I don't know how he has a family life. The dude practically lives in the woods. And he's the GM of Waymark Gear Company. Come on. Let's give it up for the man of the hour, the guy who is going to make this the highest-rated backpacking podcast we have ever had, Mr. Devin Ashby. How are you, man? I feel like... You know that you know that scene in in the office where Andy is clapping to what? That's how I feel right now. <laughs> That's awesome, man! It's awesome having you on here. Yeah. Congratulations on all the success on YouTube. Welcome. Yeah, thank you. Appreciate it. It's great, yeah. great to be here. Somebody made a statement, Jeremy. I don't know if this is true or not. They said they think that Devin is the only one who's got a hat trick performance. Yeah, we were talking before the show about Devin's uh, previous appearances on here, and <laughs> he the, he is, I believe, Stanley is correct. Yeah, I think uh, it's it's either it, it might be him and Rue. Yeah, Rue Rue might Rue be Kendrick. He's Rue been McKenrick. on twice. I'd have to review the episode. Yeah, but I th- I think he's been he was on twice with both of us and once with just you. Is that because I'm interesting to listen to, or you just needed me as a filler? We're just hoping for free backpacks. <laughs> That's all it is. Waymark <laughs> here. No, I'm just kidding, man. No, totally kidding. Now um, we, we like to have you on the show, man. It's fun. Absolutely. Now yeah, I'm stoked to be here. Outside Comfort Zone says I bought a wag bag a few weeks ago. It was great at first, but now it's kind of crappy. Oh, Jared <laughs> is so funny. So the the, uh, the dad joke's already starting. Devin, you. I think did a YouTube short maybe or something along those lines about a wag bag. Did you do that? Yeah. <laughs> so what is uh, the deal with I, the wag bags? Well, here's the thing. So wag bags are the way of the future. I'm just going to say oh, that now. The way of the future. Everybody's going to have to use wag bags at some point. The or... confidence being being used right now as you say this is is <laughs> unbelievable. This is great. Okay. I've actually thought about making a like a follow up video because did you guys not see that like outside magazine article that was yeah. all about like the way that human poop actually breaks down and the amount of time we actually we talked about that one episode this summer we actually oh, talked oh. about that yeah okay the, the fact that there are places right now where the water can't be drank because of the, the human waste in the area that's bled down into the water supply yeah so <laughs> I, I'm making a joke but also like in all seriousness. In a lot of the places that I backpack here in Utah, you cannot or you should not poop in those areas. You absolutely should be using a wag bag because you can't you can't bury it because it'll get washed up from flash floods or it will just not uh, break down because there's not any of those like microorganisms in the soil, namely in the desert, in the sand that poop just exists forever basically yeah Yeah, that makes sense because people really aren't like designed to live in those kind of conditions so naturally speaking there shouldn't be a whole lot of human feces out there but we're also consider that in some of those like desert canyons you Mm -hmm. maybe have a hundred feet in either direction and there's a river running down the center of it so you cannot get far enough away from the water source Based uh, off of leave no trace principles and rules and and such, yeah, <laughs> for it to for it to be the right thing to do. Yep. Uh, me okay. This one's funny to me. Miyagi on a trail pooping in a bag. I'm not sure about that. I'm sure he's done that, but he's done it as a prank. 
Because if you know Miyagi, you dude's a prankster. I can't believe that like it's never happened. For, for Miyagi, him. come to Utah. Come hike in the desert with me. I'll teach you how to poop in a bag. Yep. <laughs> you can watch him do it first, and then you can do it yourself. <laughs> Directions. Yeah. I don't know. I'm glad that we started off the hour talking about poop. We were right. It was going to rear its ugly head again. But my first my first inclination is to say, I'd say wag bags have been around for how long? 50 years? 20 years? Not very long. But then, I, and then I, I'm like, oh, they're probably, you say they're the future. And I say they've only been around for like 20 years. But that's kind of a bad argument because things are different now. You know, yeah, but they they're more applicable over like a historical period in a mountaineering setting, uh-huh. like alpine climbing, where I, I don't know any like mountains off the top of my head. I think it was Denali that I actually read an article that they there's one specific like a uh, Kular or like a what are those called? The break in the ice having a mind blank but they would just they would just yeah crevasse they would just throw all the trash and stuff down in there oh <laughs> but in a mountaineering setting wag bags because obviously you can't hoop and stuff in yeah the, the ice tundra. in the frozen frozen tundra so that's where they became like most popular but then they've uh been applied into backpacking and just even in climbing settings as well Okay, so we've got a question we have to put in here because this is a good question, actually. Um, this is from Backpacking with Jason. What about Jeremiah's poop hammock? And I bring up the question, what if you were able to get a poop hammock with a wag bag connecting kit? Oh, well. Where I, you didn't have to hold it, but you could just sit over it and it takes, and it just hangs there, does its business, and when you're done, you just pull it off the connector. And, <laughs> and I guess what... Come on, Ed, that's not a bad idea, right? <laughs> You know, you're, you know what's happening right now is, is we're going to see Waymark come out with this in like three weeks because yeah. uh, Devin's going to be like, oh, <laughs> that is the best idea ever. It's like it's a million dollar idea. I bet Devin's about to say that's so unnecessary. It's absolutely unnecessary. <laughs> <laughs> but come on, think of the comfort. Think of the comfort of sitting in a hammock and just relaxing. But I have the, I have the, the ability to like – squat all the way down i don't have knee problems yet in that way and it's more comfortable to poop that way well just think what if you were to have the hammock and you could protect yourself from the knee problems that come from pooping like that no it's exercising my knees it's oh, making no, no, yeah, no. yeah yeah he's got you there john oh no, no i'm not going with that i'm not going with that we're making the poop hammock connector um <laughs> here's here's an interesting one climbers and spelunkers use poop tubes to be able to carry multiple days of their waste that's interesting i don't ever want to do that but that's interesting and then ben mcmillan says uh i just put my poop in john's pocket when he's not looking oh so, that's awful yeah that's why me and ben are friends that's awful. <laughs> now this, this could be semi-related, but Devin, I want to ask you about a trip that you took, and you did a video on it. People can go on your um, YouTube channel, Backcountry Exposure, and check out this video. But you went backpacking with your family, and there was yeah. one line. There's one line in there. I want you to tell us about backpacking with your family. I'd really like to unpack that. Oh, no. Where are you going with this? <laughs> you said in there, you woke up, 
you know, you, you got your camera in your face. You're like, well, that was an eventful night of sleep, but we're getting ready to go. And we're in blah, blah, blah. And I just couldn't help but think, man, I wonder. What is an eventful night of sleep? Yeah, I wonder what happened that night. And I wondered if one of the kids had to get up in the middle of the night and maybe go doo-doo. Okay, here's the thing. It had absolutely nothing to do with the kids. Oh, really? It really did. You don't so, have to buy yet if you don't want to. It's okay. No, I can. I'm happy to share. If you okay. are friends with me on Facebook, um, which I am selective about who I <laughs> add as a friend on Facebook, but uh-huh. just a week and a half, two weeks ago, I was on a family vacation in Colorado in Glenwood Springs. <clears throat> And I woke up in the middle of the night and I went to use the bathroom and I fainted and hit my face on the wall or the floor and like gashed open my lip. It was all bruised and everything. Uh-huh. I like, saw that picture. That's what that was from. That's what that was from. So the reason I'm saying that is something like that happened on that trip with my kids. So I was middle of the night. I, it it was like a really hot day, super like high UV index. You're at like almost 11,000 feet elevation where we were at. And I, I guess from the stress of being out with my kids and my wife and just making sure that everything was taken care of. These are the assumptions that I'm making of like what led to this event happening uh-huh. And then also probably being overexerted, dehydrated. I think I got overheated in my sleeping bag. And my wife tells me that my eyes were open and that I was basically like having a seizure. Wow. What? But when yeah. I like came to, essentially, I had that. Have either of you fainted before? once years and years and years and years okay this is what i'm finding out is it is very uncommon for people to actually faint and it's happened to me twice in the last six weeks very scary so um (laughs) yeah (laughs) i i don't know for sure that me fainting is exactly what happened but i woke up like hot flash, like super sweaty, super disoriented and just like what just happened. And wow. I I was thinking back to like, how many times has this happened in the like decade that my wife and I have been married? And because I can think back to like, yeah, that's happened several times in my teenage years and childhood. But Six times in the last 10 years, I have fainted and like hit my face or done something. One of those times was on a bus in Peru at two o'clock in the morning. And I woke up, came to with my face on the toilet seat. So that was fun. Oh, but, that's, uh, that's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> and but yeah, that's inconvenient timing to uh, faint. Yes, very inconvenient. And usually is it, always, happens... is it always late at night, like when you're really tired. It's all, as far as I can th- remember every, every time that I made notes of like, yeah, that happened, that happened. I've been up to like use the bathroom and either been like 
yeah. So wow. I don't know if I just have like really low blood pressure when I'm sleeping, but I'm going to go see the doctor. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, there's a lot of people on here saying like, Ben McQuillan just posted, I don't know doctor stuff, but you should definitely talk to someone in the medical field. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> and then Thomas on here is like, I, I don't know what that word is, but uh, you should see a neurologist, possibly a cardiologist. Yeah. So, well, that's interesting, uh, man. Yeah, it's a, uh, it's. I didn't think it was that big of a deal, but the fact that it's happened two times in the last six weeks, and then I think back to all the other times, and I relay that information to a few different people, and they're like, "That's not normal." No, like no. that's not normal at all. You really no. should go see the doctor. So, yeah, as I said, the only time I've ever fainted was I think I was like 16 years old and giving blood. And it was like 95 mm. degrees at this place. The air conditioning had gone out and halfway through giving blood, I passed out on the table. That's the only time I can remember passing out in my lifetime. Gotcha. But I can't imagine just like existing and just passing out. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so that's now, crazy. Besides that. Because John, uh, not too long ago, actually took his kids for their first time, I believe, overnight out camping. Because my son's first time, my daughter's third time. Okay. Yeah. So, Devin, you actually took them like a mile in or Mm -hmm. more. Yeah. And I can't imagine hurting those cats around. (laughs) Try the backpack. So I've groomed them. (laughs) (laughs) So, guys, great. As parents, first of all, what's it like taking your kids out there and letting them experience the outdoors with you? And second, Devin, specifically you, how how are you even able to take them out in an actual backpack? I mean, I, I saw you carrying your one-year-old on your chest a lot, mm-hmm. but I, John, I'll let you go first. I Mine weren't that much outdoor. I mean, we were outside. You were outside. But, but my daughter was four the first time we went out. And uh, I bought this huge North Face tent. And I mean, when I say huge, I mean, it's like seven or eight feet in the in the inside high, you know, and it's got this huge vestibule that's almost the size of the tent. And it was it was about as bougie camping as you could possibly ever do. So we weren't backpacking in, if you know what I'm saying. Um, We were basically just we went to a friend's farm and camped out. That's all we did. We just went to a friend's farm and uh, we were able to just kind of go out there and their kids were there and they camped out too. So all these kids got to play and then we made hot dogs and s'mores and had a campfire. And uh, then we went in at night. The The cool thing for me was I wanted my daughter just to sleep outside. I wanted her to be outside. So when she got a little older, we could start taking her backpacking. And it wouldn't be weird for her. So um, actually uh, after talking to Devin, I picked up a few things. I got her a UGQ quilt, like a junior quilt. Mm. Nice. Um, based on what you had told me, Devin, when we talked on the phone and uh, got that. And then I picked her up a Perea Outdoors uh, sleeping pad. They make Ooh, the these short. little the short sleeping pads. Nice. Perfect for kids. Doesn't yeah. weigh hardly anything. Got one for my daughter and one for my son. They love them. Absolutely love them. Um, and uh, we just use regular sleeping bags for that camping trip. Like my daughter's got like a unicorn one and my brother, my son's got a <laughs> star Wars one, you know, and we use those for camping. Yes. So it wasn't like we were doing like some serious gear, um, but they both got to play with a headlamp and they both got to have a little uh, lantern that we use inside the, the tent. And uh, we actually watched wreck it Ralph, I think in the tent going to sleep that night. Yeah. So 
love yeah. that. With, with kids, you just got to do it different, man. You got to have things for to keep them busy and uh, keep them entertained because they're not like adults. We could sit around a fire and just talk all night. The kids will sit there for like 30 seconds and then they'll want to start picking up everything they can, throw it in there, uh, go find bugs to kill and eat and whatever else. And so I've, at least with my kids, I've learned I just kind of have to keep them busy. And I don't know, your kids are probably a little more adjusted because you've, you actually had your daughter out. We talked about this before you and I have, you had yeah. your daughter out for like a major hike when she was like a year old. Yeah. So <laughs> we, as I don't know. I have maybe too high of expectations of what I want out of my kids. What <laughs> but, yeah. um, it, it, Essentially, for me and taking my kids out, it's just what we do. And my wife and I, very early on, before we started having kids, that was something that we just agreed on that, like, this is who we are. We love to camp. We love to be outside and kids and having kids is not going to stop us from doing that. Mm. So we're just going to adjust whatever needs to be adjusted to still go out and do what we want to do, but lower the expectations and increase the patience and yeah. just like, that's, a, that's key. man. <laughs> and just make sure that, we have the the gear necessary to make sure that we're comfortable, but also that we're doing something that is just simply in the mindset of if this isn't fun, then let's just go home. Let's, yep. We don't have to sit here and make it like this big experience and this thing that's like, I have to teach my kid what it means to be rough and like tough in the outdoors. Like, you got a better chance of turning them off and then never want to do it again if you make it, yeah, too, for you sure. get it too early. So you can't do that. So I think it's important too, though, and this is an approach that we've taken as parents is like kids instinctually like to be outside. They like their imaginations are in like full bloom, essentially, when they're just released into the wild, essentially. And fortunately here in Utah with so much open land, so much public land access, we can go camp anywhere and just like release the dogs. And it's, I don't care how dirty my kids get. If there's sand all up in their butt cracks and like all over their face and they're covered in mud, like that's awesome. That's the experience that I want them to have and to like rob them of that by saying like, don't get dirty or like, don't go play in in the mud. Don't go do this and this. Like, I think that that kind of hinders their opportunity for a good experience. Mm -hmm. So, and it's all learning experiences too. Cause I know with my son, we were hiking one day and uh, there was this, it was just soup. Like there was one trail was just soup. And Mm -hmm. uh, I said, hike up here with me, buddy. So we, so we don't get like stuck. You don't lose your shoes, you know, cause it was that kind of stuff. And so he didn't want to listen to me because he's walking, you know, just behind me and he didn't want to do that. So he decided he was going to walk where he wanted and just slid right down into that stuff and was, I mean, he looked like the swamp thing, you know, (laughs) he came up out of there and he's like, dad, I'm covered in mud. And I was like, yep, that's why I told you to walk with me, but it's okay. You're all right. And we just cleaned him off as best we could. And he started following me after that. And, and that, but that's the thing. It's like, 
at least my son, at least boys, they they tend to want to learn on their own anyways. And so get it, just get them out there and make sure it's safe for them. Like where, like there are some places like uh, in the Red River Gorge, a place called Hanson's Point. I'm not taking mm-hmm. my son to Hanson's Point. He'll run off the side of it and die. And then I have to explain to my wife why I killed our son. And uh, <laughs> oh, gosh, that's just not worth it for me. <laughs> so, but knowing the right plot, like I love what you did because you went out about a mile and a half. And you had a little like lake or a pond there. Mm-hmm. So the kids got to play with the water. They got to throw rocks. They got to play with sticks. Um, yeah. It's all the, st- it's like a kid's wonderland with that kind of stuff. Yeah. And it's not about, I mean, we can get into this discussion if you want, but it's not about how far you go. Yeah. <laughs> and <clears throat> for, for them, for my kids to actually carry weight on their back and walk a mile and a half, like that's, that's kind of a lot, especially my middle child, my, my daughter, Lucy, she doesn't love to hike. Like she complains a lot. And so it takes a lot more to get her to get excited about walking. Mm-hmm. But once she's in camp, that girl loves to be in camp. She loves being around the fire. She loves throwing rocks. And like their big thing is they'll make cookies where they just, <laughs> pre- they just pretend to like find yeah. all of the flat rocks possible. And they'll just like, sprinkle dirt and little like juniper berries and stuff on top of the rocks. And like, but that's what I love about being out there with, with my kids is you don't, I don't see them doing that kind of stuff when we're here at home. Yeah. And it's, it's amazing. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, I love it. You've got a couple comments real quick up here. Um, ben McMillan said, I fainted the first time I met Jeremiah. Oh. <laughs> um, All right. And uh, everyday backpacker said your kids sound slightly feral, and I, I think that was before you talked about yours. He was talking about my kids, I think, on that one. But uh, I think all kids are slightly feral when you get them out in the woods. If you met my son, I you would be one hundred percent correct. He's I can't only wait to watch that he's only up, a man. year old, and he is. We call him Harry the Destroyer. His name is Harris. We call him <laughs> Harry. That's awesome. He. The kid just destroys everything in his path. That's a good kid. <laughs> that's a good kid, man. My son's dude. That's a boy thing. My son is too. It must be. And and so I got him in football. He's four years old. He's playing full on tackle football with pads and everything this year. And it is it what? is literally the funniest thing you'll ever watch in your life. Like <laughs> maybe next week we'll show some videos. But With I've got videos of him trying to field. tackle a bigger kid. And so they're they're playing this thing. It's called an Oklahoma drill. So you've got a, a person running with the ball and a person tackling. And they run at each other and, and try and like the running back is trying to run through the defender and defender's trying to tackle the running back. So my little boy, he's going up against a six-year-old. My son's four. Now, like if you're 20 and you're 22, that's not a big deal. But when you're four and you're six, that's a huge deal. And so, uh, <laughs> so yeah, the video is him going up and just grabbing the kid, wrapping his arms around him and just kind of running in place. And the kid just kind of standing there like, this isn't going anywhere. <laughs> and then finally the coach comes up from behind and picks him up, picks them both up and drops my son on top of him. And he goes, there you go, Jack. <laughs> and so dude, it's I so much that. fun. And then I asked my son after practice, he's the smallest, he's getting lit up all the time. Right. And he, I asked him, what's your favorite part? He goes, tackling. Oh. So he's loving it, man. He's loving it. That's yeah. a, that, man, little boys just love breaking things, including themselves. <laughs> ben yeah. McMillan, thank you. We will say your name more if you're going to keep paying us. 
Yeah, shout out to Hilltop Packs, baby. Yeah, man, Hilltop Packs, uh, Hilltop Packs Coffee and Apex Giant. Does that get uh, us more money? Oh, I don't know. Thank you, Ben. I yeah, really that's awesome, though, Ben. Appreciate it. So, uh, how long does it actually take you? I know that you you said that your kids might be carrying a little bit of weight. How long does it actually take you to you leave the car? And you said you're like eleven thousand feet, mm-hmm. which, in my opinion, is very very high. Like hard to breathe high if I'm walking hard. And yeah, do your kids not have any trouble with that? Does it take you like half a day to walk that mile? What's it? What's it like? No, we spend so much time in the mountains that we are acclimated. (laughs) Which, like, I don't mean for that to sound braggy in any way, but like we we are at elevation all the time. Like I live at forty five hundred feet at my house. But drive twenty minutes up up the canyon, and you're at eight thousand feet. I see. So it's, so it's kind of natural for you since you live and are always going there. Mm-hmm. And your kids too, I guess. I hope I hope you don't make them carry all your stuff. No, no. Dad of the just, year. What's hey that? Guys, let's, I said, Dad of the year. Let's take them back. back. <laughs> carry everything. I'll tell you which direction to go. Make them carry my stuff. Yeah, make them carry your stuff. Make them carry everything. Uh, we do need to say a real quick thank you to Ben. He, he actually did it and Waymark here. So he's he's giving a shout out to Waymark, which we need to get to that in a second because I definitely want to talk about Waymark in a second. And then Salmon Outdoors, just to make Ben look cheap. Ah, oh, thank you, Salmon Outdoors. A little bit. He went one penny higher, but it's Canadian, so it's actually maybe like a few pennies less. So <laughs> is that? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, i'm just saying i'm just saying it's canadian money but but the thing is it's so funny regardless you know so well i really appreciate it. thank you guys so much that's awesome that so much unbelievable okay now I, we got to do something here real quick before we get to waymark people start to talk crap so it says how does jeremiah feel about uk being a preseason number 20 oh i'll make this quick they deserve to be there it's the first time they've been ranked preseason since like the 70s Yep, and then of course backpacking with Jason UK going to the championship this year. Buckeyes suck. Yeah, go cats, baby. Boo. Here, here's the problem with that: we all know Kentucky's <laughs> not going to the championship this year. Dude, they're and loaded. Anybody with half a brain knows the Buckeyes don't suck. So, like, just stick to basketball, Jason. Just stick to basketball, man. Like, you shouldn't be commenting on stuff you don't know about. He's talking about That's basketball. I think UK. No, nobody- UK's ranked 20 in football. I know, but I think that those two comments might be unrelated. I oh, no, think totally. <laughs> it is possible for the record, for I won't spend too long on this, for UK <laughs> for UK to go to the SEC championship if they beat Georgia. But other than that, mm. basketball, they have a real chance. It's like a varsity team beating Georgia. Like a varsity high school team. No, but man. we need to quit this because Devin's on here, man. Why are you using all this time not for Devin's to talk about football? Who does you, that? You're the one that posted the comment. Go Brown. <laughs> That's true. You did post it, John. That's hey, I want to go I back to post the comments. I'm just, I'm just sharing what people are commenting. You know, wait, Devin has so, something to say. Yeah. So, well, just we were talking about kids, and I, I've got the like the live chat pulled up on my on my phone. When I'm watching. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Devin's like, this is. I thought this is about back talking back. about Kentucky <laughs> <laughs> basketball. No, um, uh, girl, girl plus dog asked about a specific piece of gear, 
uh-huh. called the Trail Magic Kid Carrier, which I'm just going to like go off about how awesome that is. If you have kids that are like 30 pounds or less or like three or younger, the Trail Magic Kid Carrier for hiking as a parent is the best. Oh. Like you have to have it. It's so good. Right, right there. There we go. Yeah. Great branding with the name too. Yeah. Real yeah. Magic Carrier. So I don't, I don't know like where they're based out of, but they fall into the category of a cottage company and they make everything like the, the owners are sewing everything at their, at their home or garage or I don't know exactly where, but <coughs> excuse me. It's a, it's a small, like, um, canvas type of material, like a Cordura that has clips that go up around the load lifters of your backpack and then carabiners that clip into the shoulder strap webbing down around your waist. And then your kid just like is there right on front. So that video that you were referring to Jeremiah, uh-huh. like that's the carrier that I'm talking about. It's that green, green carrier. Boy, They're fantastic because the the bad thing about backpacking and hiking with kids is if you're using one of those big like uh daughter kid comfort things or yeah. the the poco from osprey uh which i have you're one of those. you're kind of limited to if like the way that it's like fit and size to one person mm-hmm. to swap that pack between you and your hiking partner is kind of a pain yeah, but the trail magic—you just like clip from one backpack to the other, and it packs down to like the size of an algae. It's wow. fantastic. That's genius. Yeah, it's. Uh, I've got the Poco, and it's a day hiking pack. Like you're not using that for anything other than day hiking because it right. weighs like 820 pounds. Yeah. I mean, it's it's a heavy pack, and then you put a kid in that. And uh, my daughter loved it though. We used it so many times. They, they're amazing, fantastic. But I would, yeah. you couldn't go backpacking with it. That's what I like about the carrier you had. You can still go mm-hmm. backpacking with that. Yeah, because I can carry my full gear load out, and I'm not limited to the space that is only available in those uh, kid packs, mm-hmm. those carriers. So definitely. Yeah. Now let's get to some Waymark now, man. Because I mean, you are cool. the general manager of Waymark, and. I mean, we did have it in the in the uh, in the contract with you tonight that we had to. No, sorry, we had to contract. <laughs> Three thousand um, appearance date and yeah, it's like twenty minutes on Waymark. Yep, we we have to stick with our contract. But Miyagi actually asked. I'm curious about this new Waymark day pack and if anyone's been able to destroy it yet. Um, <laughs> which is a great question because Miyagi actually did a video destroying the uh, the last day pack you guys came out with. Uh, I know. Let's go ahead it- and. Uh, bring up your website and kind of take a look at this thing. The, uh, the dark sky as it's yeah. called. So this is, this is our newest pack. Like it just got released this month, like two weeks ago. And, uh, it's the first new product or new backpack design that we've released since the evolve back in 2020. So it's been a while since we've had a new product, but this, this pack has been a long time in the, in the works like close to a year we've been working on this um, and super stoked about it for several different reasons. So it is 18 liters total capacity and 
we wanted a day pack that was super minimal in like design and use. So not a bunch of like, because I think sometimes you see day packs just have a lot of unuseful things on them, loops and straps and like daisy chain things that go down that you're probably not really going to use. Like you need a place to put water bottles, place to put snacks, a light jacket, and then the inside for lunch, like other things that you have with you. Um, and so we made sure that the pack would handle full size water bottles. So unless the pack is completely filled out to capacity, like you're bursting at the seams, you can get a standard 32 ounce Nalgene bottle in the side pockets. Oh, wow. Which is not something that you see very often from a day pack. Was that mesh on the outside on the front? Yeah. So that's the other thing, which is funny that Miyagi brings that up because <laughs> this is the new ultra stretch from uh, challenge outdoor. Oh, really? Um, you've, you may have seen the venom stretch that Ripstop by the roll has made available. They're basically the exact same thing. So it is a, a spectra Dyneema type of uh, yarn like strand fiber that is embedded into a stretch lycra Hmm. and it is massively abrasion resistant like i've i've got um some of it on the front pocket of my through that's a, a prototype that i've been testing um and i can't put holes in it like and I and I try. Like I'll shove my my poop trowel into the pocket and be careless with it, and uh-huh. it does not puncture. Like it does not rip. It's amazing. Now this pack, when I saw it, I thought a couple things. One, I thought, well, it's exactly what you said. It's super minimal. Mm-hmm. It's not gigantic because a lot of times with the day pack, unless you're bringing food and bringing extra stuff, and it's going to rain, you need a raincoat. A lot of times you yeah. don't fill a day pack. And so I looked at that. I thought, man, that's small. That's perfect for day hiking. But then I also thought, man, that looks like an everyday pack because mm-hmm. like I'm an everyday carry guy. <laughs> and and that, my first view of that was like, dang, man, does that thing have a have a computer sleeve in it? And is it possible that that thing could be used as like your everyday backpack that you'd take to work with you? Because, I mean, that is just it's a good looking pack. It doesn't look like a backpacking pack. Let's put it that way. It's clean. Yeah, super clean. And Stay tuned with that idea of like everyday carry. I can't give a lot of detail because we're still. Oh, you heard it here first, people. You heard it. We're still hashing out a bunch of stuff, but with with this pack, if you've got a larger laptop, like a 15 inch MacBook or something bigger, it won't fit. Like it's too narrow down at the base. Mm -hmm. But if you've got like a, a 13 or 14 inch size laptop, it will fit. I would just because it doesn't have a a laptop sleeve put it in a case and you could absolutely use it for that because you do have the the inside pocket there that you're showing the key clip like space to put pens keys uh other other small things like that yeah yeah we we definitely wanted the travel aspect to be something that people would want to use with this pack so the other the other fun things about it is um, all of all of the fabric is 100% recycled, so it's a 350 denier uh, ripstop 
uh, polyester for the for the body, and then the the colored fabric on the inside is a uh, two hundred denier, kind of like a liner uh, re recycled polyester, and then uh, we use a six hundred denier bag cloth on the bottom panel, just for like maximizing abrasion. Okay, we do have some comments that are asking specifically about this pack. Let's hear it. So uh, one is from Salmon Outdoors asking about the color. Um, serious question: Being in the desert. Doesn't the black fabric get hot in the sun? Do y'all offer it in any other colors kind of for that reason? I, this is my personal opinion. This mm -hmm. is not, <laughs> this is not like Waymark's stance on black backpacks. I don't know that I believe that a white backpack is going to be that much cooler than mm -hmm. a black backpack, which sure black does like, a, like, absorb or like more prone to like being hotter because of the color that it is. But what are you, uh, aside from maybe you've got like water on the sides. Mm -hmm. What's the issue with your pack being hot? Chocolate. That's my issue. I like Snickers to take bars and it always melts on me, but I think that I might throw like a little gel ice pack in there. If I'm really, really worried about keeping stuff cool or maybe like a lunchbox or something. But yeah. Might, so you, outside of like perishable food that you might have. I don't, sure. I don't know. Yeah. Like a I, I will say this, Jeremiah, I will say this it's Waymark. And there's one thing I've learned about Waymark. Uh, they may not have it now. That doesn't mean they won't have it later. Because uh, you may not be able to see it, but there is a red pack back there. Uh -huh. It's one of the mild day packs. That did not exist when I got my first mile day pack. <laughs> I see. But I, I noticed, like, and I would mentioned it to Devin, I was like, dude, where's the red? And lo and behold, months later, they come out with this new fabric, and the first color they use is red. And guess, <laughs> guess who took his own hard-earned money and went and bought that red day pack? Mr. This Johnny. guy right here. That's right. So I'm, I, I don't, it may only be black now, but I'm not saying, like, Hang on, folks. You just never know. You just I never know. Can't give away any secrets. You just never know. That's, so that's the, one thing I've learned. You may have already answered this question. I'm not really good at the denier and the materials and all that. John's a lot better, but is it similar to the Ultra 200 material? So the made from the same company, but the 350 denier ripstop is a ripstop bag cloth. Um, and it's super nice. But the biggest benefit to it is the 350 denier is going to be very like abrasion resistant. Uh -huh. But the better benefit is it's not the price of Ultra. And to be honest, Ultra on a small day pack like that doesn't make sense. It just makes it too expensive. It, yeah, like you're you would be probably in the 160, 170 dollar price point. Mm hmm. Maybe not that much, 150. A little pricey, for, small for like a, Yeah. So it's. And the Eco Pack works great. Like what you made the uh, mile out of. The Eco Pack's been awesome. Yeah. That stuff is, it's phenomenal. It's yeah. really, really good stuff. And like Ultra is amazing. I've, I've got a prototype that we're testing. We're taking our sweet time 
<laughs> making sure that before we introduce Ultra into other pack models, that it does exactly what we want it to. And we also don't want to discredit how good the EcoPack EPX fabrics are. Right. Even though they're a little bit heavier, they are phenomenal fabrics. And the Ultra is amazing too, but the EPX EcoPack is really stinking cool. And it, it's kind of like uh Dyneema versus X Pack, really. Like the, yeah, the, the yeah, Ultra is kind of like Dyneema and the the Eco Pack's kind of like X Pack. Um I've got I've got an Eco Pack uh through behind me right now um that I really like that that's awesome. But I also have a a an ultra 200 backpack from another company and it's fantastic too i think it really just depends on what you're doing and like what, what yeah. the trip is as to which fabric you want to use yeah totally i do have one more semi-related question to your pack because as john was scrolling through the pictures on the website mm -hmm. um i saw some people it looked like testing out the pack and i always wonder because I get these emails from these like cheap Chinese knockoffs, right? And they're always, email I mean, you get them too, where you do YouTube. <laughs> and I'm like, you can send it if you want, but no guarantee, basically. And they always are like, well, I hope you'll at least send us some pictures back of you using it. And I assume they want to put it on Amazon or whatever. And they see, so people can see an American using it. But I always wonder how you all get these shots being an official company. Well, that's Devin right there. American man. That's Devin right there. And that's Devin right there. And that's Devin right there. So they only got two other people. So you got all these photos of testing it out, <laughs> which is fantastic. But I think, hmm, I wonder if this is a company trip where we are going out and our mission is to get photos of testing this thing out. Is that how it works? Yeah. So, it, I mean, it's marketing, right? You, you want to be able to show the customer scale of the product, the product in use, and to show an application of this is what it's meant for. So we've got like other things planned to show use for this particular day pack. But like um, that star photo with the Milky Way, yeah, that, that was a very, that was a super intentional photo that we paid a photographer to do for us. Mm -hmm. um, and part of that is because the, the name of the pack, I'm going on a little bit of a tangent, but the name of the pack is a direct tie to us as a Utah brand, which <laughs> I'll, I'll explain what I mean by that a little, a little more because dark sky doesn't necessarily attribute specifically to Utah Mm -hmm. But uh, Utah has the most certified dark sky areas in the entire world. Wow. I don't remember the exact number off the top of my head, but it's like a dozen or more certified areas that the International Dark Sky Association has certified as uh, dark sky areas, which that association works to like reduce light pollution which has an effect on wild animals, but also as visitors in national parks or national monuments, public lands and stuff, your ability to observe the night sky. And so they got you, observatories and a lot of that kind of stuff in Utah. 
not necessarily observatories, but just there's no light pollution. So okay. when you are there in an open, like clear sky at night, you can see the Milky Way. Wow. Which is really cool. I mean, it's amazing. So we named the pack the Dark Sky as kind of this like homage to as a, a Utah brand, Utah having the most uh, certified dark sky areas which also falls within our mission as a company to uh, protect and want to uh, work to protect public lands. So it's a way for us to continue to work to protect public lands by donating a portion of the sales or the revenue of this pack to the International Dark Sky Association. Mm, that's really cool. Yeah, that's that really is cool. Uh, Salmon Outdoors says because Canada is mostly just one giant dark sky. (laughs) (laughs) He said, especially where he lives and everywhere north. Not wrong. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, I I definitely recognize the fact that, like, here's an association that is working to, like, create certified areas. But usually they're around populous areas where there's a lot of light pollution, but you're next to a uh, area of public land, a national park, for example, mm-hmm. that they will certify that area, which then puts specific rules and things for the, uh, like whoever is, whatever agency, BLM, uh, Park Service, Forest Services is working. They'll make sure that light pollution and things uh, are a consideration and all sorts of different types of things. So oh, that's a great, just a, yeah. And just a fun, lot. fun way for us to give back. That's cool. right. That's awesome. And I think that that's easily looked over the light pollution because a lot of people don't think about that, but yeah. yeah. go ahead, John. Sorry. Uh, outside comfort zone. 90% of Canada's light pollution comes from Tim Horton's <laughs> franchise. <laughs> 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 I had to put that up there. That's fantastic. Yeah. Um, I do want to. I do want to ask you a question, Devin. I'm basically going to ask a dad to pick his favorite child right now. Uh-huh. Um, I'm looking at your website here. Of all the packs that you guys have, which one is your favorite? I know. I'm asking dad yeah, to pick you... his favorite child. You got to give me one though. So I think the most used pack for me is the through. So through 40 liter. And that's just because that is my go-to backpacking pack. Um, but the mile and now the dark sky, it's those three. Yeah. Well, I <laughs> love use, the mile. I, I use them all. In, in fact, I, I don't use the evolve that much because I just don't get that minimal with my gear. And I actually prefer to have a hip belt. So yeah. going like totally frameless is not personally my style. So the through that's framed with a, with a hip belt, I'll be in the like 18 to 28 pounds, depending on what type of trip I'm doing. And it works great for all of those situations. Yeah. I love the through pack. I really do. Um, but I, I, the mile, I mean, I've sung the praises it's of the so mile good. now for over a year now. I think it is. Uh, <laughs> it, it was just one of those packs because you'd had it for a while, but it wasn't like it is now. Correct. Like you yeah, completely about a, redesigned it. Yeah. June of 21, 
we redesigned it. We added the pocket. We reduced the size a little bit and made some other uh, slight adjustments. And it, it's, it's been a really, really good pack for us. Part of it is it's a great price point for the size of pack that it is, but it also works as a great overnight, like summer pack, which I think a lot of people can use the mile for that specific application. And yeah, I think it's, it's a, it's a nice sweet spot for a lot of people. And right now you've got till midnight folks. It looks like, right? Yes. You've got a sale going on right now. Like I noticed this as I was looking through the stuff, the miles normally 140 bucks and it's 119 until midnight tonight. So, you know, get on there and buy those folks. Like it really is a great pack. Like it's, we get like, sometimes as YouTubers, we get free gear, right? We get free gear. And you gave me one of the prototype miles when they first came out before they were finally Mm -hmm. released and everything. And it was great. And I loved it. But when you came out with the red one, I was like, dude, I love this pack so much. I don't even care to spend the money to buy one. <laughs> and so I bought one and I gave that pack to my buddy and he uses it now. And we've used them on overnight trips. That has been the packs that we've used for overnight trips. Cause it's, that's awesome. I love, I love hearing that. Yeah. yeah I mean, that's... it's, and I don't, I don't want to butter you up. I like we're friends, but I'm not going to butter you up for no reason. That is just a really good pack. And uh, <laughs> well, and to be honest, it's, it's humbling, which I can't take credit for the aside from the dark sky i did aid in the development in the the design aspects of that pack but everything else that is is a waymark product is 100% attributed to mark who is a fantastic designer he's mark's the owner and the founder of waymark and i just am humbled and lucky to have the job that i have to work for him and yeah the product that he has built over the five years that the company has has been in business is Wait a second. Um, say that again how many years five years 2017 that's it yeah does anybody uh, else find that odd like <laughs> what the okay so you're telling me that's that's for real it's really only for five real. years mm-hmm yeah, 20, June of 2017. Wow. See, now, this company doesn't come across as a company that's been around for five years. I would have well, sworn you guys have been nice, around at least nice 10 years. Like, <laughs> like that's that's unbelievable. I mean, just what you guys are pulling off in such a short amount of time is pretty awesome. Well, thank you. Yeah, I, that's, didn't expect that. I was going to ask about the mastermind behind, because I assume when you have a company like this, somebody, and I thought that somebody might be you, basically come in and say, look, we have a need that needs to be met. We have a missing pack size or pack design, or, you know, we have up to a 50 liter, but maybe we need a 65 liter. So I was curious if, if that person's you that walked into the room and is like, look guys, we need a 40 liter pack or an 18 liter pack. And then I guess Mm -hmm. a whole team kind of works on designing it and that kind of stuff. Yeah, so I guess to give you a little bit of like behind the scenes of what we've been working on for the past year, essentially, is we recognize that, I mean, it's it's difficult as a cottage company to not only produce the orders and keep lead times down, but then to also have less than 10 employees and 
stay on top of like general management, human resources, marketing, like budgeting, production, like everything that happens within the company that I mean, my title may be general manager, but I'm really working four different jobs mm-hmm. any, any given day or any, any given week. And so when you are looking at your, your product offerings and you're considering, okay, let's add a new product. It's, it gets scrutinized a lot. And I think it's fun to have like Ben McMillan in here from Hilltop Packs. I'm sure that he would agree that the amount of time to take an idea and then bring that to fruition and to actually create a product as a, as a company is a lot harder than you think it would be. Mm-hmm. The, the really tiny, like I'm, uh, I'm blanking on, on names, but like one, one man show type of like pack makers, for example, mm-hmm. that might be doing like a hundred percent custom packs for everything. They've got the ability. Oh, look how awesome my kids are. Bring me a chocolate shake. Yeah. It's your favorite kind. That's awesome. Um, But there's, there's a difference between this product needs to be like mass produced versus doing something custom. And I guess the point that I'm getting at is, it's for people listening, Ben, Ben McMillan just commented. It's all easy. No idea what you mean. <laughs> um, yeah. So w- what I was saying though, is that when you are looking at your product offering, mm-hmm. we spend a lot of time considering, okay, here's what we have right now. What, what does the competition have and what do we see as the, the greatest potential for us to, to essentially grow. And mm-hmm. what we have determined essentially is we needed bookends. We needed something on the day pack size under 20 liters. Cause 28 liters is still a fairly large pack for mm-hmm. a lot of people, especially in an ultralight type of mindset. But then 50 liters is the like the biggest pack that we have. And you look at like a, pretty much any other competition out there. They've got a lot of packs that are bigger than 50 liters. Right. So sure. essentially the next bookend for us to kind of round out the product offering that we have now is a 60, 65 liter uh, framed pack that, is in the works sure well, so. and I, t- I actually had been on a on another live stream on friday just to kind of go because th- we actually brought you up mm. in the live stream and oh. he it just by the fact that for you guys your your focus is backpacks that's like yeah. the main focus of your company for ben he can't focus on backpacks because the man hours it takes to make a backpack and with all of the bear bags and other things that people are buying they don't even really advertise the, the backpacks anymore because it just takes up too much time to be able to make them. And yeah, there's really, you're right in saying you guys kind of have to figure out, okay, this is what we're making. <laughs> this yeah. is our product. And this is what we're putting most of our time into. And uh, I will definitely say you guys are making killer packs. Absolutely killer packs. That's super appreciated. And 
it's it's genuinely humbling to hear people say that and also to just see people purchase and use waymark packs um because i i feel like we make a great product and we <laughs> i was i was going to bring that up part of the process of why it takes so long to release a new product is the amount of time that it takes to create production processes yeah. that reduce labor hours so that you can release a product that's at a price point that people actually will want to purchase it at. Well, and, and the R and D that you have to put into it, taking it out and actually getting it into the field and beating the tar mm-hmm. out of it and getting the Miyagi's of the world to kick the crap out of your gear. You know, that, that stuff is so useful and needed because you don't want to be like, yeah, we got this ultra 200 fabric. It's a, be- it's the toughest thing in the world. And then someone gets it <laughs> in like a month. It's got a worn spot in it, you know? Yeah. Right. The substitute right. for actually taking it out and putting it to work. Yeah. So like with, with this dark sky day pack, we're looking at this like, okay, we're going to launch the pack. How do we then over a two week cycle of production produce a hundred packs? And like we're on track to to, to produce a hundred packs by Wednesday this week. Crazy, man. So about six and a half production days and we'll have a hundred. Yeah, probably seven. Seven so days what, we'll have a hundred day packs built. So when you do this, I'm I'm assuming you have a room full of sewing machines mm-hmm. and just a bunch of people going at it. Yeah. How many how many hours does it take for one person to make a backpack, or is that the way you do it? That's that's not the way that we do it. We do okay. everything in batches. So everything is like broken down into individual panels, and we'll do whatever number of packs that we're doing. Like take a front panel of the through, for example. It's got like the the lycra pocket. It's got the color strip on the bottom with the logo on it. It's got the trekking pole loops and the ice axe loop. And then the little tabs at the top, like that whole panel will all get prepped at once. So somebody will sit on the zigzag machine and prep all 50 pieces of lycra at once. And then like do all 50 labels at once, all trekking pole loops at once. It just maximizes efficiency to do things in batches as opposed to like you are going to build one pack from start to finish. So all about efficiency, all about efficiency. Yeah. So to say like it takes one person X amount of time to do one pack is not, not really fair to say, but I think it's taken me about two and a half hours to do a dark sky from start to finish. Oh, wow. That's not bad, actually. Like cutting it out to a finish to a finish pack. That's not bad, actually. That's not bad at all. We got a couple questions for you just about stuff you're making. What was the rationale for creating the 38 liter Evolve? Was it based on customer feedback? That's a really good question, actually. Um, so we previously had a uh, hipless uh, through 40 liter. So there was no, um, it was called the through UL. So it was not framed and it didn't have a padded sewn in hip belt. And that pack was still roughly about 21 to 24 ounces. And the, it, it just wasn't like a, a really great selling pack. 
So we had a lot of people returning, which sounds really negative, but people that had loadouts of gear that they wanted to fit into a 35 liter Evolve, but it was just slightly too small for them. So we took the Evolve and we just added, like increased the size of it. Mm-hmm. For all of those customers that are like, yeah, 35 liters is like, it's just a little too small. And it has been awesome. It's just like th- three extra liters of, of capacity allows for people to have that much more space for their stuff. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, well, that's cool to see a company pivot like that. Yeah. So know, that essentially that. how that relates to that through UL is we, we discontinued the through UL, introduced the 38 liter Evolve, and that's still like an 18-ounce pack. So, like, basically at a pound, super lightweight. And, that's really light. Yeah, yeah. That's, so that's really light. That's the rationale for that. That's awesome. Uh, Doc Watson wants to know if there were any thoughts of doing a ventilated back, pack suspension. <laughs> uh, such a difficult thing to design and effectively produce. That, yeah. That's the crux. I would, I would honestly love, because... I know a lot of people would would love to have that, um, but it's it's very difficult to design, produce, and and do when you have limited machines or even limited knowledge on how that a lot of that stuff goes together. Mm-hmm. But yeah, and I know for some people, excessive like back sweat can actually create hives or like skin issues. So. Mm-hmm. Especially over multiple days. Yeah. So I can understand like the desire for that. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Lost the game with Jim. Just going to give you some props here. He says, I'm so tough on my gear. I'm a pro at tearing the bottoms out of packs. I've got (laughs) hundreds of miles on my light and it's still like new. And then follow that up with outside comfort zone. Who says same here. Oh, that's awesome. So you got to love hearing that. That's fantastic. Well, Devin, I have absolutely loved having you on. And before we stop, I would like to give you the opportunity. Some people have been asking in the comments about your YouTube channel. But I Hmm. want to share any places that people could find you, follow you. Uh, Obviously, Waymark Gear, they can check it out too. But what all you got? Well, the first I would say is, since we've been talking about Waymark like check out the website, check out our product. If you're not familiar with it, um, hopefully there's an offering that is enticing for you based off of, of what we have and in, in your needs. But I understand as well that there's a lot of great pet companies out there, a lot of, of great options and we're not the only one. So compare us against others and make your, make your choice. Um, but for YouTube and social media, um, yeah, backcountry exposure is my YouTube channel. And uh, I think I'm coming up on like nine or 10 years of doing YouTube. You're OG, it's, man. I said that at ridiculous. the beginning. You're OG. <laughs> You're OG. So and, and on Instagram, it's also that country. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Very cool, man. So. Very cool. Well, Devin, it's always good to have you on here, man. Yeah. Super awesome. I really appreciate the time. Yeah. You, you're now yeah. the triple crown. We get you on a fourth <laughs> time and you become a grand slam champion of our, of our uh, podcast. No, I love, I love the community here. And even, even I'm not on the show that often, but I love to 
hang out on the the live chat and be part of part of the community. You guys are great. Uh, we have we have a lot of fun. We got to have you back on because I had written down several things I want to talk to you about, but you know, an hour such a short window. We can only talk about so much. <laughs> so there's things I still want to ask you about. I may text you about them later. Uh, Sounds good. Year I'm 100% looking at, but we definitely have you back on the future, man. It's always a blast. Yeah, and no, I you, super appreciate it. And if you are a fan of Devin's or you're not, go to his channel and watch his video that came out, I think today or yesterday, on embracing the suck because that was a really good video. That was a really good video um, because Thank anybody you. who knows anything about type two fun, you know what that is. And sometimes you're hating it in the moment, but a month later, year later, you look back and think, man, that was awesome. And so uh, <laughs> it's a great video. It's a great video. So wow. definitely go check that out. Check Thank out you. his channel. I really, check I out really appreciate it. Yeah, man, absolutely. Well, we will uh, hang out just for a few minutes if you don't mind. Yeah, in the green room, and we'll be with the with you in just a second. You got it. But uh, we'll see you, man. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. So he is now a triple crown member of the podcast, Jeremiah. What do you think about that? That's royalty, man. What can he's you say? royalty? Absolute he's royalty. And he's right now. He's in. You can. You, I can see. I can see things that other people can't see. He's enjoying that shake right now. He's, uh-huh. he's just scooping it spoon after spoon, just enjoying himself. Uh, Jeremiah, we got some really cool guests coming up over the next couple months. Uh-huh. People that are starting to line up, and uh, it's going to be fun. We're going to have a lot of good people on here. Oh, dude, I can't wait. We got the special guests that we're having back on very, very soon uh, in September. Season five, man. Season five. Coming out swinging. Coming out swinging. And, and definitely, folks, I... I wasn't buttering him up about that backpack, the the mile. That's a legit backpack, and anybody who's owned one will tell you. Uh, Waymark makes some great stuff. So if you're somebody looking for a backpack, you've been using uh, the standard backpacks for years, and you want to try a cottage brand out, definitely check out Waymark. Awesome company. Great people working there. Obviously, you saw who the general manager is, uh-huh. so you know it's good people. So definitely give them a check, or definitely check them out, and uh, you'll love it, I promise. Uh, but with that said, Jeremiah, for myself and for you, We'll check everybody out on the next one. Uh, adios. Adios.